You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You are listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops for the intelligent wrestling fan. And now, here are your hosts, Silicon Steve Alley and Vlad the Impaler. High Spots and Cheap Pops! And we are cruising along. We are mid-May right now, getting ready for Double or Nothing. And we are off of the heels of WrestleMania's Backlash. And on the heels of another great SmackDown, which you love, Vlad the Impaler on the other side, loving the head of the table, are you? What's going on tonight, brother? How did you like your weekend in WWE? Uh, it was uh, a, a really good SmackDown, which led into the weekend. And uh, and when I say really good SmackDown, I, I'm heavily focused on uh, what's going on here with Roman and the Usos, the bloodline, um, the uh, altercations, and, and then just the um, the feud here with Cesaro. It, it, they're going to get Cesaro over by putting him against Roman. He's going to garner enough like fan reaction when they come back where he's sort of like the working man wrestling fan if you will right now like he's a great technical wrestler and i'm just loving his involvement with them um i'm even sort of intrigued with with rollins on the sidelines and intersecting here what's going on with that and how they're going to play this so uh, you know what they have me in a couple different fronts and but most importantly it is roman reigns alone which is like been incredible um top-notch heel work here this is something that the wrestling world needed he found his voice he he did find his voice and he is hitting it out of the park like and played i'm sorry jimmy uso when he cut a promo when he went into how uh well uh he has performed for that family and and really like he is talking about immediately like the Samoan boys back. He's basically taking credit for it all. And this is what I'm loving about his, his like heel angle on this. His words are cutting right through the locker room even. Absolutely. And he's actually talked a lot of shit on raw when he's had some shoot interviews here and there. I think one quote was, you know, yeah. I don't know that. I don't know what they're doing on that show's paraphrasing. He's like, they're, they're making instant. I'm making a steak. They're making a cheeseburger. And yeah, it's absolutely true. And all what they're doing with Roman as well, and you alluded to it, they're helping get us over. And the ironical part of this all is, is that for years, all you heard was two of the biggest things you heard was turn Roman heel and push Cesaro, turn Roman heel, push Cesaro. And they're having their best television they've done in possibly, yeah. possibly decades. I mean, this might yep. be the best Borderland they've had in the last 15 years, at least since Shawn Michaels and Edge and all them guys retired. Yeah. A decade, at least since the pipe bomb. Maybe that was the last great storyline when he was going to leave yeah. the title when it was CM Punk and Cena. This, what this, they have done, they're not only making Jay Uso, main event Jay Uso, they're making him a guy who now can hold a main event. They're doing it with Cesaro, and now yep. they're doing it with Jimmy Uso. Yep. Roman, in about less in less than a calendar year, would have made three guys who are mid-carters for almost a decade 
have made them top tier talent that they already were, but now being recognized as such. And you know, Paul Heyman has something to do with this creative and Roman Reigns. Look, he does have the genetics, but more than that, he has the history and the ears and the people to go to the legends he has. And they finally got it to a point where he found his voice. And I'll tell you what, you talked about Seth Rollins and Roman. When that crowd is back, Seth Rollins has go away. He Roman's going to get the pops. If they ever go toe to toe, there's ever a moment where it's yeah. Seth versus. And I think WWE might look at it like, uh Oh, no, 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 no. Seth is going to come back and he'll be the same guy he was two years ago when he beat Lesnar twice. That's not going to happen. Seth no. Rollins is annoying. Yeah. But Cesaro, holy cow. And what a great match that wound up being on on at Survivor at that's first at WrestleMania. Backlash. Really great. Some people, really great. Or some people would say backlash. It was a little bit of a backlash. It wasn't a huge backlash. It was WrestleMania's backlash. Oh yes, yes. Okay. That made it that much more important. I'm sorry. Silly goose. Totally silly on that. But it was great. It was fantastic. Roman worked on the arm, and he did it so to take away Cesaro's offensive moves, like the Cesaro swing, the European uppercut. And that's how Roman was able to win the match. And it was a, and look, Roman has always been a good worker. That's not been the problem. It's been the storylines, it's been the positions he's been put in that's been the problem. It's never been Roman. And I just love the fact he can come out there and just shit on the fans now. And I wish he did that more often. I can't wait to when they come back. Because he can do a promo about how, y'all put me on a pedestal right after the shield broke up. You guys called me the the superstar of the year in 2015. And what'd you do? What'd you do? I could win the Royal Rumble and you boo me out of the damn building. Yeah. But y'all were probably booing the rock anyway, though. And then maybe that's what he says. And maybe that's yeah. how it all starts. Yeah, uh, that would be a great like way to like have him mock the rock when I mean, l- let's be honest, this is all leading towards the rock, right? Absolutely. Like they yeah, wouldn't Roman be doing may have this title. Roman may have this title till that next till next WrestleMania. I am not convinced. And we're going to get into a question with that talking about how long he's going to hold this title and how long is Kenny going to hold his title? AEW only. And we're going to get into that question a little bit later, but right now Roman Reigns, he is absolutely the premier thing in professional wrestling today. And I know a lot of the AEW faithful will say, "Oh, TJ, you're a turn I don't know who TJ is. Silicon State. <laughs> the hell's that guy? That's an imposter. I am not. I am calling it the way I see it. I am getting excited for SmackDown now, the way I was getting for excited for AEW a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great point to make, man. It really is. And and, and it's really, and, and you know, let me go turn it up a slight notch in terms of this perspective here. You have Roman, who's at the top of his game, and then you have Paul Heyman next to him as his 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 advocate, but his like almost court jester, and it's incredible. Like he has been so hilarious. Heyman has been like top notch hilarious on what he's been doing here, and it was great just seeing how these two guys play off each other. It's like a, it's almost like a sadistic like comedy team, which I so admire at this point. It's great storytelling. 
not only that, Heyman is also on on Smack Talk, and he, it's almost becoming must see because he does something special almost every single week. This past week, he gave that shout out to New Jack, which I loved. I know you're not the biggest fan of New Jack, but rest in peace, New Jack. You were one of my favorite ECW originals, and uh, you know all that. Um, never stabbed me though, so that's why I loved him. But the fact remains. <laughs> Uh, Heyman has become such a, a since he got reduced into just a talent level. It's been a pleasure seeing him on TV every week. A lot of him too. Yes. Yes. Promo with Daniel Bryan a couple weeks back. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's been a he's been an absolute master out there through this entire thing. It's been so good. The whole ten bell salute, excellent. It's so funny to see Roman sarcastic and a dick too. Acknowledge me. And you know what? Like the fans, there's, there's going to be heat with the fans, but there is going to be the, that section. And I think it's going to be pretty loud that really likes him and is going to start cheering what he does. And that's when he can t- basically shit on them every chance he gets. Yeah. Like I, they should just continue that cycle. Yeah, and they're going to do that. But the thing is, and you know how this the WWE universe is. Fickle! Fickle! Yeah, rumor has it. Yeah, rumor has it that they can be fickle. So the idea is, is maybe they can't have Roman have this dominant heel run because he's going to be too popular when they come back. Is there a possibility? Because you're, they, Cesaro's great, I love him, but is he a baby face that is going to transcend how good Roman is as a heel? I mean, he's the best. He's it's not even close either. Now, granted, he's worked with top talent. He's worked with Daniel Bryan. He's done a lot of work with Cesaro now. So, I mean, he's definitely able to go. And there's so many things that you can do still. Does Brock Lesnar come back? Because, look, crowd's going to start coming. Is Brock Lesnar going to be Roman Reigns opponent this year at SummerSlam? Or Survivor Series, even. Man, you know, it would, uh, let me put it this way. It would add to the legend of Roman if Brock came back and was willing to do the job. And by the way, and I, uh, Brock Lesnar, I know he gets a lot of, of hate and heat because he was a part time champion, but yeah. no, you're, you're hard pressed to find a better guy his size that's better bell to bell. There's nobody, <laughs> really. And I mean, so these, young, these all these young up and comers, the guy you were talking about, uh, the two got the two national champions. The being Brock Lesnar is a big deal, and he took what eight years off. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I mean, it is if if Brock came back, I, I'm seeing some like. Um, some chatter about Brock coming back and challenging Bobby Lashley to get some spotlight on raw, which I, I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just sort of like uh, being greedy. I just want to see him against Roman and I want to see them fight for the, like Paul Heyman's heart <laughs> to be honest with you. And with their history, this writes it fucking, that's the thing you would see WWE do this. You have this beautiful orchestra that even when you were shit and and the 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 time what was it the five f5s and the five or six spears in the one main event at wrestlemania when the fans were booing 
All right, all that. You can give the fans the same exact match, but actually have them give a shit. It writes itself. You finally did yeah. it. But you're going to do Lashley? I mean, if Lashley <laughs> Lesnar could happen anytime. Give us him, Give yeah. us Roman and Lesnar, though. That's what I want to say. Yeah. And by the way, what's good yes. about Roman and Paul Heyman is that if they really, really want something, they're going to fucking get it. They have, they're one, they're probably the only people that have a full blown, not full blown, but as close to a veto power that there is in WWE. So you know Roman's not gonna have fucking zombies come out in his match. <laughs> you don't think he'd request them? Hey. <laughs> I want those zombies to acknowledge me. <laughs> those zombies can go on my show and start eating people. That's disrespectful to me. He sends the Usos out after him. <laughs> no, Us, man, you can't kill them. They're dead, man. Roman wouldn't kill them for you, baby. No, Us, I got to do this for Roman, Us. Ah, Us, I'm going to got you back, Us. Ah, Us. It's my Uso impersonation. Yeah, it's it is spectacular. I don't know who I don't know who is who. <laughs> well, it's hard. It's hard to tell. What's up with that, Oos? I don't know, Oos. What's up, Oos? Roman Oos. Roman loves Roman Oos. <laughs> oh Jesus! I've never done. I, I haven't. I have not done impersonations of uh, hardcore Samoan wrestlers since the Great Rock. Wow. That's how great these guys are. I mean, that alone is telling me this that this character development is going to save professional wrestling. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. This is a... <laughs> it reminds me of that, ba- that part in basketball when they're like, dude, dude. Oops. Oose. Oose. Oh. Oose, man. Oose. And they hug. They just keep on saying it, each other. But it's it's the inflection. Oose. What's yeah. up with that, Oose? There was, I wonder how many times they said Oose. In those segments. By the way, I'm not complaining, by the way. These segments were great, and the uses have been great, so I'm not complaining. Enunciation. <laughs> but you know Christ what? Sake. The sad thing is, is that those have been some of the best promos that have been cut in professional wrestling over the last six months. Definitely the best promos that have been, that they've, that they've ever cut. <laughs> Unless you want to count those great, that great Mandy Rose... Jay Uso was it Jay or Jimmy? Jimmy's the one married to. Uh, I was confused. Them, I'm no, I'm not an Uso expert. <laughs> which one's the drunk? Uh, I, I believe can call him Jimmy's because the I'm one. a drunk. I believe Jimmy is the one that has issues with alcohol. <laughs> and I think he's also the one married to the one with the booty. Naomi. There you go, Naomi. I actually just Googled it. It is Naomi. Good job. Yeah. So he's so he's both. He's both the one with the issues with alcohol and married to Naomi. Wow. Double whammy. Interesting. I wonder why Naomi wasn't a good wife. Wow. I see how quickly you turn this on her. 
Well, I mean, a man doesn't drive to drink. He gets a good wife. I have a great wife, and that's why I don't drink anymore. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I kid. I kid. We all have our demons. I certainly do myself. Certainly includes foot fetishes and such. But, but it's not the point. So right now, yeah, but Roman Reigns and what's going on with the Usos, great development. But let's talk about specifically your reaction to how Jimmy Uso was brought back and what is happening with him the second week he had his opportunity. Uh, not, and he actually on SmackDown, he did not. He lost to Cesaro, but it was kind of a DQ thrown out. So his return wasn't really like he lost, but he didn't do the job, so to speak. Right. I like the way they brought him back. Um, he sort of reacted, I think, to how everybody else in the universe would react. Like, yo, like, <laughs> like, what's going on here? Like, the Usos, like, he's basically, Roman is like, oh, just basically taken on an ownership of like half of the Usos while Jimmy's been gone. So, um, Jimmy nobody's has issues. I like the nobody's shirt. <laughs> <picture again. laughs> like, like, dude, like the, even the shirts, like, you know what? This is like going to start. These guys are going to start moving merch, man. Um, the right hand man shirt is sort of cool in its own way. Um, I, I like how it's just like simple and in like sort of cuts to the cuts to the chase right there. Uh, and the acknowledge me shirt. Great idea. I love, love it. it. Love it. So it happened at WrestleMania backlash and we saw Cesaro fail, but really a great, great loss. And I think you're going to see Cesaro not go away. He'll probably get one more shot. I would, I would suspect maybe two more, you know, how WWE books, but Roman Reigns, and you brought to my attention t- yesterday morning tweeted his cardio workout and he cut about a two and a half minute promo which I thought was great. Really, you had to kind of wait before it got to the meat and potatoes of it, but you just love this arrogant kind of a prick. But honestly, you can't argue with what he's saying about how he is the very best in the business right now. Yeah, I love these uh, this idea of promos. I guess this, he's been doing a couple of these, and this is sort of the first one I picked up on. And uh, – yeah, I, I just love the fact that it's like uh, sort of short and sweet and it's just him working out and this, this is like his routine and now we're part of it. It's a smart idea that they're doing so with he's this. About how hard, yeah, and it shows how hard of a worker he is, which he has yes. like, already won, already putting in work. That's what I do. You know, we stack them. Roman has like six new shirts the last month and a half. Yeah, man. Well, look out! Like he's got to support the family, man. He's got to support the blood bloodline. I mean, really, this guy's now coming with a but. Who would have thought Roman Reigns? Even if you thought he was ever would it going to be the best ever? Did you ever think he would be this damn entertaining? He has three or four now catchphrases. Right. Right now, yeah. I mean, he is the premier thing happening in professional wrestling. And that kind of can take us to the next question. And then we'll get into the review of of the pay-per-view and SmackDown and such. But Kenny Omega in AEW, he won in early December. Roman won at, what was it, 
not at SummerSlam. It was shortly after SummerSlam, I think a week or two after SummerSlam. So it was toward the end of August, maybe early September, Roman won his title. They both had the title the entire time here in 2021. Anybody, I can't pick to see who's going to take the the one either one of them out right now. And who do you think is going to lose it first? And who do you think they lose it to? Um, you know what? Honestly, I would have to think it's going to be Omega. And I'm not sure to who, honestly. As far as what AEW has in the plans right now. Yeah, they've been. Uh, but, I, their but I could just but I could just say that because I feel like Roman might hold this title until he faces the rock. Do you think the rock beats Roman? I don't think that would happen. No, no way. The title does the rock kind of cause him a title, cause him to lose a title. And that's how it happens. And I'm thinking it's like rock is saying, put your title against my career. That's true. I just don't see anybody on in WWE. That's on Roman star power level where they would switch the titles because they're making Roman so special in terms of his matches now. He comes out, he looks jacked up. He comes yep. out with no shirt on. And Jesus, when he came back, that just added to the mystique. Yep. It really did. The funny thing is, it's now that he's kind of finding his voice, there are many differences, but there's a lot of similarity in the trajectory of he and Cena. You know, maybe he was given too much too fast and a lot of people hated him for it. And yep. four, five, six years, you know, of that run, really saw Cena really become a great professional wrestler in all phases. And I think you're seeing that with Roman right now, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's there is a little bit of a uh, a bridge from that star to this one, I'd say. And uh, man, it's just like where they're going with Roman is just, uh, I think, really good, good spot in wrestling history. Like as we look towards the future, it's uh, especially if you sprinkle in Brock Lesnar in some way or, or manner like but he needs a rival, though. He doesn't have a rival yet. But if he's not going to lose and he doesn't job, what he's doing is just building guys like Cesaro along the way and building history and storylines with them. And finally, maybe these guys are going to be used on SmackDown, which is the premier show in wrestling right now. On Fox, the most viewers you can get out of all the out of all of them. Do you think this Jimmy Uso thing is a swerve? No, I think he's going to learn the way uh, Jay did, and he's going to become part of this. Oh, you think he's going to have to acknowledge him? Uh, absolutely. You think they do the same exact thing, and then you see? I guess you think Jay would turn on on his brother. No, I just I think that you're going to have the Usos and and Roman acting as a cohesive unit as the bloodline, and that's that. Yeah, but you're going to need to see him. Mo- There's going to be a moment where Jay has to make a definitive decision between Roman and Jimmy, and then Jay's going to choose Roman, and that's going to be how he Jay, Jimmy has to join the bloodline or whatever this faction will be called. So you got that's going to be the big conflict between the two, and I'm wondering where this goes if you start seeing jimmy and that's what roman said in his promo he called jimmy out he said don't text me don't call me don't shout at me in the group text no you talk on my show on smackdown so that really gets me excited for smackdown and you know oh, Cesaro's gonna be a you know cesaro's gonna be he might not be he, he took a pretty bad beat in the other day yeah 
Um, yeah, it's just the internal strife within the uh, <laughs> within the bloodline right now, and it's like everybody's looking forward to Friday to see how Roman's going to address Jimmy. Absolutely. So yeah, it's a, it's a good uh, good way to like uh, get keep Friday on people's minds, like after a long weekend, and just doing this workout session and just cutting a promo. Yeah, it's and, great. Yeah, if you didn't, and if you didn't catch uh, it on Raw, they're gonna they promote, you know, WWE promotes the shit out of it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be great, and they really have made SmackDown a great show. And you got to give them credit because we buried SmackDown when it first got on. When they were doing, hey, it wasn't too long ago, folks. SmackDown was highlighted with Roman Reigns getting dog food dumped on him by Baron Corbin. Okay. So we are giving credit where credit is due. SmackDown's been great because you haven't had much Baron Corbin. That's one of the reasons. SmackDown's been great. And we caught, we, look, it shows you that we, it's particularly me, call it the way we see it. And we're never going to lie to you. Hey, Lehigh Valley, this is Silicon Steve Valley. And I want to tell you about the best new dispensary in your area, and I'm talking about Block Dispensary in the heart of the Lehigh Valley. It is the premier up-and-coming medical marijuana facility in the Lehigh Valley. You would be foolish not to check them out. Here, tell there's 20% off if you go there, which is badass for your first time and friendliest staff. Their Google reviews are absolutely incredible so far. So please check out Block Dispensary, 3650 Nazareth Pike, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. You can check it out on the web, blockdispensary.com. And they are here to help you feel better. Because you know what? You deserve to feel better, and they can help get you there. Blockdispensary.com, check it out. And we are back, and now let's get into last week's AEW Dynamite, just in time for tonight's episode. A kind of a meh follow-up from, it wasn't bad, yeah. but it wasn't great. And the low light, if I'm going to call it, was the ripoff of the beer bath of Stone Cold Steve Austin by a little bit of the bubbly. And honestly, they should have just came out with super soakers. It was silly looking. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I don't know who okayed that. And <laughs> again, why didn't like, you see? Why? why didn't you do it beforehand? Why? I mean, it was so bad. The FTR had to go down in front of the ring because the water the pressure pressure. The water pressure was so low everyone had to stay like in the front part of the ring again <laughs> it just looks amateur it looks like you're trying too much yeah let's ah! get some super soakers out there it would look just it would look cooler yeah it wouldn't look like you tried so hard Yeah, it probably would have looked cooler, way cooler, because it just was was uh, ridiculous. Otherwise, I mean, it was such a rip off; it wasn't even funny. And Jericho, he's supposed yeah. to be this big thing where it cost him the match. Jericho's popping out a week later. Yeah, Back, guys, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> God 
damn it, dude. And they had every player you needed to make this great. And those two production flaws. And I feel like Jericho was like, you know what you should do? Remember Stone Cold's butt beer bath? Let's give him a bubbly bath. A little bit of the bubbly. And he's popping himself, <laughs> laughing at his own shit. <laughs> Yeah, there's got to be somebody in that room be like, no, listen, we're not going to be able to come anywhere near that, and it's not going to look good. How about I you, Super Soakers? Jericho, I think this is this. I have to be honest with you. I think this is all Jericho, and Tony Khan doesn't have the balls to say no to Jericho yet. Yeah, Jericho linked MJF and Tony Khan to the like uh, idea for uh, blood and guts. Um, he sort of spread the. Uh, he, he spread the credit on that one, <laughs> if you will. But, hey, he doesn't regret a thing. It's all good. But I agree. To get back to this whole super soaker thing, um, <laughs> it was just uh, – it looked bad. It was cheesy. And like you said, like they had, they were only able to reach like a, a corner of that maybe consisted of, what, 20% of the ring, not even that. And they all had a huddle in there looking for some sort of bubbly shower. No, no, they're we can't go huddled. back to the yeah, that side they're, of the they're ring. They're all huddled into one third of the ring that's closest <laughs> to getting shot. Like, it's like, oh, it's going to be just, I mean, Jesus, if you're going to do that, you're talking about one of the coolest and most iconic moments of the Attitude Era. If you're going to do that, yeah. just like the exploding ring and just like the cardboard, if you're going to do it, make sure it works. And they didn't. <laughs> they're not learning their fucking lesson. I'm tired yep. of coming on here and killing them. Thank God we don't watch Raw. I couldn't take this kind of negativity in my life. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. And nothing progressed anywhere else. What else happened in AEW? Britt Baker's the only thing I give a fuck about right now. Straight up <laughs> shoot. Yeah. Now, the finish, the ending was pretty cool. It was WWE, though. Wasn't that the biggest WWE finish ever? It felt like it. If you didn't see it, folks, Orange, Cassidy, and Pac were going for the number one contender. It was an eliminator match. The winner would face Kenny Omega for the title at double or nothing. Well, looks what happened. Vince McMahon called over. Hey, hey, I know you guys are having some production problems. Let me give you some advice on booking. Because that's my that's <laughs> what I'm really good at, Daddy. You just you just hey, you know what? Just just Throw the match out and then have him do a triple threat. Ha ha. The marks will eat it up. I mean, you know? Yeah. Um, they had a they had to go on the fly with that match because Orange Cassidy got knocked out. Oh, shoot, knocked out. Yeah. They said the super kick toward yeah, the super kick that ended into the German suplex was not a good combo for Orange Cassidy, evidently. When he hits that, it's beautiful though. And but yeah, the way Orange Cassidy hit it too, he was like spaced out, and he's like getting German suplexed, and and next thing you know, like uh, they had to like rewrite it, like I, I like basically it just told me that they really wanted Orange Cassidy to go and win this thing, but he couldn't, and, but he couldn't compete. So hey, we're well, now we're gonna make it a triple threat. Yeah, that was a little bit fucky, but hey. Something's you, definitely fucking. But now you get pack in a main event, and I think that's going to be a good thing. I don't think Omega and Cassidy really moves the needle all as much. Though, with the live crowd coming back, you kind of feel the momentum of Cassidy picking up a little bit more, though, because you did hear a little bit more pop before he got knocked out and ruined the match. 
So I'm not super jazzed about that. You know, Omega's going over. Yeah. You know, the Bucks are going over. Yeah. And you know, Rusev's going to go over. Over Archer. Announce. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, oh, Miro won the, the TV title. Or was that last week, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the last. Uh, yeah. He beat Darby Allen. And, um, yeah, it was a, you know what, like, here, here's the question, like that Miro that's been around for the last two or three weeks, when he arrived at AEW, why wasn't he just this guy versus the, you know, the arcade playing goofy best man? I will tell you this because Miro has been told, like everyone's been told and Stone Cold's a big advocate of this, is that you are at your best when it's just your personality turned up to a 10. Miro thought the fact that he was a fucking gamer was cool. Miro thought him acting like a 15-year-old high school woman, high school girl, was cool. Miro's personality is not cool, clearly. So they were like, nah, instead of that, let's go back to the killer thing you were doing in WWE a couple of years ago when you when people were digging on what you were doing. Let's do that instead, because anytime you and CJ are yourselves, people just think you are terrible. Sorry. Way it is. And by the way, they might be the two coolest people in the world. I'd rather I'd party with them any day of the week. I've seen some stuff on Instagram. I wouldn't play video games, but they would, or he would. They'd be a fun couple to hang out with, I'm sure. Good people, but just in terms of their their character on televisions, I don't know, Miro's whatever, man. Yeah, but I mean, here in this match, you saw it. Like, this is what the monster should have been as soon as he got there. And just, he did nothing of the sort. And it was like, it was such a, a sort of a, false start in ways to his AEW career. Um, but like, here you go. Yeah, here you go. You got uh, him getting the, a pretty much a prestigious belt, man. Like it's the one that's the working man's belt right now on that show, of course. And um, um, now you have basically Darby's going to be uh, dovetailing into a different feud with um, Scorpio sky and uh, Ethan page. And of course, aided by Sting, but then you have Miro. Looks like he's going to be going towards Lance Archer, which actually is a pretty decent big man feud. Those guys should actually put on a good show. They got to give Archer something to stick his teeth into, man. They really absolutely, do. man. Been jerking this guy around for, for really since yeah. he debuted. Heel, baby yeah. face, heel, baby. I don't know, uh, whatever. And Jake Roberts still saying the dumbest shit on the planet. I mean, can he just beat up Jake Roberts and call it a day? Yeah, like if you were turning him heel, that that's what would need to happen. But I think they're trying to have him like sort of mm, toe the line. You're not really sure if he's face or heel or what. But um, what did you think of if we can switch gears? What did you think of the Young Bucks cutting away from SCU? Before, I mean, was that another botch after the Young Bucks beat SCU? They didn't have their moment. They went back. And the Young Bucks actually turned it into, and I don't know, this might be a shoot. This might be what happened as a joke, you know what I mean, to to build some stuff. But the Young Bucks 
said new bio. They've been doing this to fuck with fans on their Twitter. They've been putting new bio and you read it. And it's always something just to make fun of the fans or piss the fans off. And this one was, we made the order to cut away from SCU before they hugged. (laughs) (laughs) So the Young Bucks are definitely much more entertaining as heels for the record. Good match. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. As we would be expected. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm a fan of Kazarian for sure, man. It's going to be like, he's a guy who can make make a good impact if they allowed him on AEW. If he became a mainstay, just like being on TV more often and more consistently, I should say. And he doesn't look old. Like, because he's not, Kazarian looks like he could be in his 30s right now. Got a good head of hair on him right now. There you go. Thank you. And oh, absolutely, Vlad the Impaler with the hair. I mean, Jesus. And I'm, I'm sitting here wearing a Grateful Dead hat just to cover my ass. <laughs> but uh, he he can have a really really good singles run, and I think he's gonna have a really good singles run. And he'll probably, who knows, man? Maybe I Sting can't go with Page and with all ego Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And Darby in, in some big fights. He can be there for sure, but does Kazarian get thrown in that fray because of the connection with Scorpio? Yeah, they never really uh, addressed it. I guess they're leaving that open. Uh, that's that's one of the ways in for sure. Yeah, and they're going to address that. And yeah. they kind of talked about it. But AEW... Again, the production, it, was, it wasn't a bad episode of Dynamite. In fact, I'd probably think it was a good episode of Dynamite if it wasn't. But they had a couple, you know, big mishaps. They had knocking out of, of Orange Cast, which you can't do. Things happen. Yeah. But you also had, again, the effect of Christian. Yeah. So, I mean, all right, guys, here you do it. And, and great job by FTR pretending to fall in front to take more of the bubbly. Yeah. They knew how to sell it. They're professionals. I can't wait till people, at least they chime in to the greatest tag team on the planet. Right now, everyone's saying Young Bucks. I cannot wait to FTR Young Bucks, too. Yeah. You know what? Like when the Pinnacle eventually crossed paths with uh, the Elite and the Bullet Club, I'm going to be all about the Pinnacle. I already am all about the Pinnacle. Yeah. MJF versus um, versus Omega. I think right now I'd be rooting on uh, MJF. Yeah, I mean the pinnacle is a little more European than I'd like. In what way? Well, switching gears <laughs> to a from AEW. Shawn Michaels biography. You saw it. Your reaction. <clears throat> um. I, I gotta say, I actually liked the uh, the way they produced it. I thought it was well, uh, pretty well told overall. Don't get me wrong; I, I know there's a even even there was a lot of negativity in that, you know, showing his addiction to drugs and stuff. I mean, he wasn't really portrayed, and like they didn't sugarcoat any of that. And the other thing they couldn't sugarcoat is how much of a douchebag the guy was. Real piece. I of mean, shit. He, 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 unlikable. I would have hated working with him. The Undertaker came out and said it. He's like, "Oh, I mean, I'll just come out and say it. they're pretty much pricks." Yeah, I think even I, one of the times I saw him, just he was describing Janetti and um, Michaels. He referred to them as peckerheads. 
Peckerheads. And you know what, by the way, a couple things, and let's talk about a couple points I actually liked about it. First of all, you know I'm a big Bret Hart fan, as are you. I liked how Bret Hart was trying to save the match for them to win the world tag team titles. Like, Bret was like, all right, it's easy, guys. Yeah, We're fucking being taped. Just fix it. I'll keep the fucking show cold, and we'll get the crowd back later during the top tag and whatever. Yeah. Bret Hart, cool as a cucumber, figured out a way to drop the belts to give these guys that moment, even though they were complete pieces of shit. (laughs) I love Bret Hart. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, like you saw, like his awareness, and it just he kept it professional there, and you saw what he was trying to pull off. It was great, man. A lot of guys would have shit themselves in that moment. I wonder why they didn't fix the ring, and then that story was never told. Vince doesn't like discussing it. <laughs> it was oh. a lapse of no, no. <laughs> yeah, it would have would have been good for Genetti. Genetti became a tag champion anyway later, and he became an intercontinental title. He got enough of the rub. From Janetti. I mean, from Shawn Michaels. He got enough of that Shawn Michaels heartbreak kid rub. Got an intercontinental, uh, I think he might have had two intercontinental title reigns. Can you got to look this up? I'm pretty sure he. I know he was at least one time. I wish we had Marty a research Janetti department. Shit. Yeah, he did. It was just like he was like that. Um, he reminded me of that, like that spaced out, um, like the spaced out pill taking old woman at the end of Casey's bar or something, as he's sitting there talking. <laughs> and, and why were they keeping a kayfabe with half the shit? Uh, I don't know. He's only a one-time Intercontinental Champion, by the way. Who did he beat? That is to say. Yeah, he beat Shawn Michaels. Oh, he beat Shawn Michaels for it. Okay. Well, yeah, he beat him. He had a big comeback. Like after so Marty Jannetty was written off television for a while after he was crashed through the barbershop in one of the great heel turns of all time. I think it's one of the more iconic ones, at least, at the very least. <laughs> so much so the Young Bucks basically did the exact same spot in homage to it. But it was cardboard. Right. Maybe, maybe the young bucks are the ones that set up that stage for Jericho to go through. Anyways, if you watch Being the Elite, you'd know what I'm talking about, people. Anyways, I why they kept it kfab. Like, you know, Marty Jane was like, oh, just you know, just tell me, you know, don't spring it on me. And <laughs> you sprung it on me. Like, and then they show the barbershop spot, like. Marty Jannetty didn't, you know what I mean? Oh, well, I, yeah, they pre- they prefaced it because they got into a fight, like in a hotel room, caused by Roddy Piper. And then they said that, I guess, um, yeah, the irony. And then uh, basically when that happened, the barbershop one on the super kick itself, um, uh, what you would call it, Shawn Michaels hit him pretty stiffly, man. And um, Janetti was mentioning, yeah, like uh, that. And, and when you're saying, um, just tell me when it's going to happen. You mean like, um, like the, the the breakup of the tag team, or the actual like moment when they were doing the barbershop? The way that they shot it, and then they did the same thing with Tyson later on. The interviews that they took were as if that breakup was not staged. It was right, right. As if it was part of the real story. It's like it was really like. As he did with Macho Man Randy Savage, would have been like, and then Macho Man (laughs) 
started dating sensational Sherry. You know what I mean? That was never even, you know, and yeah. sensational Sherry in a very torrid affair for over a year. You know, they didn't do that. Yeah. You know, or whatever the case may be. It could be. And then Brett, Jim Neidhart felt bad for Owen. So he turned on, on Brett. Like if they said that part of the story in the Brett Hart biography, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You right. know, and that's the way they were playing it. And they did the same thing with Tyson later on. He's like, yeah, I just had to stick him. You know what I mean? I'm getting good right. Or whatever Tyson said. And it's like, is this a biography? Or are you trying to tell me that didn't really happen? Right. That's what I thought. No. Another takeaway from it. Uh, I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah, like, um, <laughs> yeah, but beyond, uh, besides that, like, um, uh, I really disliked Shawn Michaels, like his his earlier, you know, part of uh, his career there. It was like, he, even like the footage that you're looking in his eyes, he is messed up, man. Like you can see, like he is just glassy eyed and out there, and man, just a drug addled champion, if you will. And he he, he really couldn't deal with it. It seemed you could see the pressure that was around him, and he was crumbling. Well, yeah, and. Uh, you know, um, but what I liked about this biography was this. Um, even though I couldn't stand him, as they're showing you his story and they're showing you, they keep on cutting back to, or cutting to his present day self. And man, he's a different guy. To me, he's a different guy. Like uh, um, him working with the guys in NXT. You could see in that room that all those guys feel like they're like, living the dream by being able to speak about their own matches with Shawn Michaels. And, and he loves being that teacher, which is like, he's found his calling. And um, I sort of admired that part of it. Like the, the way he is currently today, it seems like he's sort of made amends. Um, I, I mean, man, you know, like, um, yeah, he, he, it just, uh, he, I don't know, man. It's just personally, I, I just think uh, it's good to see the 180 turnaround here and uh, seeing him work with Triple H. I sort of enjoyed some of the uh, stuff that they were doing in the control room together. You could see that they're enjoying themselves as two friends with a, a wrestling company that they're pretty much managing. So, yeah, I, I mean, you went from an extreme negative to a decent positive, at least. So I'll give it that. Yeah, and that's what pretty much everyone's been saying, too. You know, I mean, that'd be, yeah. that's the big thing. Sean changes when he left the business and he came back and he found Jesus. And let's say, look, the, the, at the end of the day, this all comes down to him finding Jesus. Whether you yeah. believe it or not, believe in Jesus or not, for him, his revival to become a better person was when he got born again, which is a reality. Yeah. Uh, so good for him on that. But being the big Bret Hart fan that I am, Fuck Shawn Michaels. But I had this other thing I thought about today. When they showed the Shawn Michaels razor ladder match and then what it did for Shawn Michaels' career, very similar, or I should say not too dissimilar, either way, it's the same goddamn thing, to Randy Savage's loss to Steamboat in WrestleMania 3, to his rise to a year later to and, and being in the main events at two consecutive WrestleManias as well. 
It's a pretty cool correlation you make in there. That almost sounded sincere. It was very sincere. It's from the bottom of my black heart. So anyway, I, everything else, and if we do a quick review of the pay-per-view this past week, everything else, pretty much nothing big happened on this pay-per-view. Do you want to talk about the zombies? It's been beaten to death. You didn't see it. It was shit. And you have told me that it, a, a dub, I guess, is he officially a WWE legend? A WWE legend was part of the zombie crew? Who was it? It was none other than Scotty Too Hottie. Not to be confused with Scotty. Scotty Riggs's, what was Scotty Riggs's nickname before he went into the flock? It was Marcus Alexander Bagwell and just Scotty Riggs, or what was his? No, you're thinking Scotty Riggs. I'm telling you, Scotty Too Hottie from, uh, from, uh, with Rikishi. Too cool. I know who you're talking about. I just, okay. Just got on the Scotty Riggs thing because I didn't he have a. I feel like he had a similar nickname, but it's irrelevant. I would have honestly, I would have liked Scotty Riggs there too. What's he did? I'm sure you could have gotten him. You don't think he's busy to be on TV? To be come on, man, he's on a that's WWE pay per view right there. That's payday, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see the uh, the tweet that uh, Batista sent out there? Uh, it was sort of like telling somebody to fuck off in regards to the booking. Like it's not his. Like it was Vince's idea, basically. Yeah, it was pretty he funny. Carrying it, he's taking. Yeah, yeah, like, it was funny though. Washing his hands of the whole thing. Like it wasn't me, guys. I yeah, swear yeah, to God, like it's I... a good fucking movie. I swear. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is like Vince's idea. I mean. Is and really, WWE you know, we film. Why would WWE go to this extent? Because it was really, it was horrible. Uh, but but uh, it was a match. If we can go, we we both finished. I believe we finished with five and one each, or five five and one each. Yeah, I believe so. So it's still a three game three match lead going into the next pay per view, which will be double or nothing. Wow. And the only reason I lost one is because my I, I was playing with the house's money. For the most part, I felt, and I just thought, are they only going to have one title change that was a mile away coming, which was the Mysterios winning? Was they only going to have one title change? Eh, and that's exactly what happened. Five titles were defended successfully. It's a good night to be king. At least it wasn't Baron Corbin. He wasn't on, which was. Always a pass. So, uh, yeah. fairly, it was the two, the the Strowman match with, well, I guess it'd be the Lashley match. Lashley McIntyre Strowman was very very good. A lot of good spots, uh, brawling, big. You know what big guys do and what they've been kind of those kind of hard hitting matches. But the Roman matches we alluded to earlier and or spoke very intensively or, or spoke about uh, whatever. which we talked about extensively earlier which was the Roman Reigns Cesaro match Uh, right now again with that being the main story it's really must watch wrestling right now definitely oh how do you like um, how you feeling about the way they're building Cesaro here I almost take him like he's uh, he's almost like you know like like uh, Jason Statham sort of 
action hero dude, like almost borderline James Bond, but has a little bit of a different side. Well, that was his shit like six or seven years ago, wasn't it? He had like yeah, a yeah. Bond vibe. So, yeah, I like it. I, I always like Cesaro. Yeah. I'm glad he's getting an opportunity, and we'll see what he does. But so far, so good. I Obviously, I don't think he's going away. I don't think that's going to be the end of it. He might take this week off because of the quote-unquote injuries to his arm. But yeah. Friday night is where I'm going to be. I'm going to definitely be checking that out. As far as Dynamite, I uh, not sure what exactly is on the table. I know they're going to keep on pushing. Oh, we got to, we got to talk about this. I'll throw this on the table and just, I figured you can take it and run with it. What's the Cody, the Cody promo. I didn't get it. I don't get Cody. I don't get him at all. He doesn't make sense. He is resting on his laurel. For, and by the way, I decided I was sitting in the shower the other day thinking about Cody Rhodes. And by the way, that's how much of a mark I am. I'm sitting in the goddamn shower planning my day. And I'm thinking, why is Cody Rhodes so fucking shitty? And when did it start? And I remember it well. When that fucking thing on his neck appeared, that's when the magic and the dust was blown off. I don't know what that tattoo did, but it made him as unwatchable as he ever was in WWE. That promo is silly. Impaler, what, what, why don't you tell me what the big announcement was? <laughs> the big announcement was that um, he is going to make uh what's his name anthony agogo feel the wrath of america in the name of the american dream dusty rose he's going to wrestle as the american dream not the american nightmare so he's going to come out and act like his father for a night i mean <laughs> jesus fucking christ <laughs> Oh man! I actually forgot about that. I got to be honest with you. Had a couple of Mother Nature's finest tonight, and so essentially, folks, he's going to take Damian Sandow and take his fucking gimmick that flopped with Kurt Henning's kid, and he's going to do it one night only, folks. Only one night. He's going to act like his father. He's going to be Dusty Rhodes' a stunt double. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, this is what I think about that. I think that Cody Rhodes is starting to realize that he may not be the guy everyone thought he was. I think it's a situation where he's hearkening back to a bygone era. So, Anthony Agogo is the guy you're going to come back one night only? Anthony fucking Agogo? And that's supposed to make me care. It is, again, treating me like I am stupid. I don't give a shit about you doing a horrible impersonation of your father. How about that, Cody? Sorry. You know what? Why don't you do an impersonation of Macho Man Randy Savage? It'd be probably a little bit more entertaining seeing you try to do that. Do you think he's literally coming out there with a blonde curly wig and just going to start nailing everybody with bionic elbows? I mean, I'm sure that's going to be part of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I am not even putting away the fact he might be dressed up in, in yellow polka dots. I'm telling you that. Somehow that shitty fucking thing they put on him for his cup of coffee in WWE became an iconic look for Dusty Rhodes. Everything he did and pink, stupid fucking yellow polka dots is what the WWE always puts out there. Joke. And he kind of changed WWE does to Dusty Rhodes' There's yellow fucking polka dots all over it. <laughs> and that's God awful song. Oh Jesus Christ! Just that song does. Working hard with his hands. <laughs> Sounded like Sapphire was singing. <laughs> no, that's what I thought of it. I forgot how bad and how annoyed I was at that. I was like, "This is lame." I don't know. By the way, I have no idea what kind of reaction the internet gave it because I've been off the internet. I've been selling marijuana like hotcakes. <laughs> oh, man. So this might piss a lot of people off. You should have heard the shit I got for the AEW stuff last week. Whoa. Was that out of the control or what? You're getting hate mail about it? It felt like Bernie Sanders at the Democratic National Convention. Lots of booze. Whoa. No nomination. Whoa. I was just, hey, I'm just trying to get you guys more votes, you fucking douchebags. <laughs> he turned on me like a goddamn cheap suit. My AEW brethren. I just don't like the negative stuff, man. Uh, <laughs> get over it, man. Oh, to the credit, the guy, the, to the credit, the guy who said that to me uh, does not shit on WWE at all. He's like, it's, he's honestly, he treats WWE like an ex who you still are kind of hurt by, so you, but you just ignore it and you act like you're bigger than hating them. But you're not. I get you. Sounds like he's been going steady with uh, WWE for quite some time. No, he was yeah, maybe back in the day. I'm sure he was, but uh, no, we. But that's all I'm saying. I'm, again, we are both going to call it down the middle. We're not going to shine you on. We're not going to treat you like you're stupid. Not at all. And if you're stupid, you're not going to like the show anyway. Yeah. If you're a wrestling fan that thinks Baron Corbin putting dog food on. Roman Reigns was quality television and made him a great heel. Then you probably aren't going to like this show. You're probably going to hate it. Yeah. And you know what? We hate you. (laughs) Man, he really just turned heel. (laughs) You know what? As Robert De Niro and Untouchable said, you know, we laugh at things because they're funny, but we laugh at them because it's true, you know. I'm a shitty De Niro. I wasn't trying to do De Niro. I was trying to do a New York guy, even though his character was Al Capone in Chicago. So that made no fucking sense. <laughs> Been a great show tonight. How are you feeling, Flad? The impeller. We got AEW heating up, getting ready for double or nothing. I hope the I hope the production value's going up. 
Get a garden hose. It'll be fine. I mean, maybe we get exactly. something. Just get a garden hose. It'll be fine. <laughs> I use a garden hose all the time in my backyard. Yeah. This is Jericho. I found the big shot. I use, I use a garden hose all the time. It's gone. Guys, it'll be great. The, the crowd's going to love it. I'm going to pop out of the back. They're going to love it. Don't worry about it. I can get anything over. I'm Jericho. Woo! <laughs> Oh, it's funny, man. Jericho just and, goes and around ruining storylines. Jericho just goes around ruining storylines by just doing stupid shit in the middle of them. Did you see over. that he got hurt? What happened? They're saying that the arm injury is a, a, a true injury. I don't doubt that. Why would he? Why would he sell the arm of all the injuries you could sell? Why would you sell the arm when you fall into? Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you fall on a cardboard. <laughs> you're clearly going to serve your. You're probably going to sell your back. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and what do you think about like the, where they're going with uh, the pinnacle and um, uh, what you call it uh, with pinnacle and uh, the inner circle? Well, they're going to have like with, with the stadium st- thing. The stadium stampede will probably be very. It'll probably be. <sighs> It could fall on its face because last year, I think a lot of people were very liberal with judging it because we were brand new into the pandemic and everyone was liberal with it because, look, you're trying to entertain us when there's really a lot of darkness. There's a lot of shit going on in the world. We were locked down. We we had our quote unquote freedoms taken away. People were losing their jobs and these guys were busting their asses trying to entertain us. It was a great match. It was a great finish. It, it really was, I thought, a very entertaining match and did the job and was great. What was great about it was the ending with the elite. Last time the all elite were all happy together, sitting together with the fireworks going off. So it was a great finish. I don't think, it just seems like this feud, it really had all the, on paper, it's supposed to work. But so far, the last two weeks have put a lot of turbulence in what should be a really great storyline. Because it was building yep. to be a great storyline. And then the top of the cage happened. And then this week happened. And now it's becoming a kind of a joke, which is the unfortunate part. But I think the inner circle. So the- oh, yeah, definitely. They'll definitely win. And, and, you know, the other thing, too, is like where it's it's a little nerve wracking, like they're going to have another big production deal with the stadium match, which is going to have Jericho's fingerprints all over it. A which, lot of pressure. And 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 he, he's nobody's saying no to him is the thing. It's not too dissimilar to basically what was going down in WCW in the late 90s. All right. And that's it sort of feels that way. And you know, it's funny. People like me and a lot of fans were saying, oh, AEW, they're going to bring the thunder. I tell you what, they've been on TV for about a little over a year and a half. And it's been pretty stale recently. And I'm just calling it the way I see it. Did they do over a million this past week? Uh, Offhand, I'm unsure what they did ratings wise. I didn't get a chance to check it out. I'd be interested to see how they've been doing with their ratings because it hasn't been their best stuff. 
It really has not been. Any other things that strike you as what you want to discuss from AEW this past week? Uh, let me think here. Um, they did do over a million, just over a million. They did over a million. <clears throat> let me think here. So they're getting new eyes on their product. They better start knocking some shit out of the park. Yeah, you know what's it's a good thing to do is like look at the last four weeks because it's been a little bit of a rough patch in some ways. Is it going up? Is it going down? Are they keeping? How much are they losing? AEW's demo rating drops to its lowest point since NXT moved to Tuesday nights. That's not a good sign. That's the headline. The rating and viewership data are in this week. Dynamite netted 936,000 fans, and they did not break a million this past week. Okay. And, you know, coming off of uh, Blood and Guts, you would hope that the demo would be on the upside. And it doesn't seem that way. seems like they lost, like, important viewers. Uh, it's a little early to tell if it's going to be significant, but I'll tell you what, he, here's the ratings, by the way. So no, they, their first one they knocked out of the park, that was 1.2. Second was 1.1. The following week was only 889,000. The following, well, they did a million, and then last week, which was the one I first looked up. And then last week they did under a million, 936 and 936,000. So it's not good. It's not good when your first show is 1.2 and you haven't come close to touching. And the second one's 1.1. And then two of the next three, it's all downhill, but two of the next three is under a million. So that's not a great look. Look, they're not going anywhere. They're, they're signed through 2024. However, if they're from a perspective of wanting to see their brand grow, it's just disconcerting for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, they need a good stretch here. And, and something like this stadium magic, you could see it going the negative way somewhat quickly considering their recent history. So it's going to be something uh, that everybody's going to be debating, picking apart. And especially if it's a real doozy, man, if it's a, if it's a one, that's just another, another, like, uh, it's not going to be a good look. Well, it's interesting. And now because of let's call it the two production issues that they've had in this feud. People are going to be waiting to tear it apart. People are going to be waiting to see how stupid Jericho looks or how fat he looks His dad bothered yeah. people to that people talk about. I never mocked the guys. Look, the guy's still one of the better, you know, one of the best entertainers of all time, best wrestlers of all time. So I'm not shitting on him. He's 50 years old and he's doing a lot better than most anyone else would. All right. But he has at least the last couple of weeks been a big liability in this feud. It's just that simple. There's no way to look about it. There's no way to turn it around. His on-screen work and possibly behind-the-scenes work has really been a detriment to this storyline. Yeah, I, I totally agree. 
And, and like, you know, you and I are already saying, like, the inner circle is going to win this match, okay, the stadium match. So what does this feud really do for the pinnacle other than just bring them together? I Beyond think, that. I think you're going to see a MJF Jericho match that's going to have some major stipulation. And that's going to be the winner of that is going to maybe the other faction breaks up or the other one has to retire or leave yeah, yeah. or something like that that gets Jericho changes Jericho's role for the most part. Cause I think it's time for that. And maybe Jericho knows that Jericho's talked about that before. Maybe he's not a guy that he did. Look, Jericho was a great AEW champion. It wasn't more than five weeks ago or so. He cut one of the best promos of his career. So Jericho still is a great talent, but just the two weeks in a row that we've seen, he has been a detriment. It's all we're saying. Long story short, man, as far as Jericho and, his influence of this, and even the way this feud has been handled a bit, even with the champagne thing, you know, the, it, like it just there there hasn't been good good moments in there. They had some the possibility of some like great history to be told here, and they sort of dropped the ball on on certain aspects of this feud. So now we have to go through one of these stadium matches, which I don't know. I, I just don't want another gimmick thing. Like well, I, I like the gimmick it. thing is it's like a cinema. Yeah, movie. yeah, like a yeah. Listen, at least the only thing is that, like, their botches, they'll be able to edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I think it's a big gamble. And I think it's something that we might look at. I, I, what's what's weird, interesting, it's the type of match that a lot of people are not going to like if it's great or if it's not great. Oh, I, look, I loved last year's stadium stampede. A lot of people thought it sucked. It was too gimmicky or it was too much of a theatrical thing. So yeah. a lot of people are going to hate this already. That's why this isn't. A, I don't think this was a good move. After what they've done, I don't think this was a great move at all because it's a very risky. Half the people are going to hate it anyway. And after what you did with the cardboard and the super soaker, it's not. Uh, it's going to be. I think it's lose lose. At very best. You're going to have AEW people say, oh, I liked it. Like me. If it's good, I'm going to say I liked it. But yeah. that's me. Yeah. <laughs> and by the okay. way, yeah, this buy rate is going to be very telling with where they are. Yeah, I think oh, it's going to be a huge indicator, really, because the AEW faithful are like willing to go and, and pay for these things. And... Um, if there's some somewhat of a drop off, that's an in, that's definitely an indication that the fans aren't so crazy with the product of late. And John so. Salas better start breaking out this master plan he's been talking about for six months too, because that's dragging its feet. This whole elite thing is dragging its feet. If there's something bigger plan, and maybe it was our fault because our expectations were something bigger than just Kenny Omega collecting a bunch of belts. Yeah, we were thinking worlds colliding. We were thinking. We were thinking Okada. Now, granted, by the way, a lot of this stuff could happen once things are starting to open up. So maybe AEW is kind of doing a little bit of a calm before the storm to really give you the moments where they feel like the fans need to be part of it. This could be a thing. That could be why they're kind of dragging their feet because they're going to bring the pain. They have a lot of things planned that they needed to have crowds with, and they didn't want to blow it without the crowds. 
Oh, uh, Kenny Omega has agreed to wrestle Andrade in August. I thought he was coming back to WWE. Uh, no, the uh, Trinidad is going to WWE. I was just kidding. Yeah. Yes, she is. Good God bless her. By the way, October 6th, AEW going to be back in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So for those of you local here, that's going to be exciting, huh? Look where? Silicon Valley? I mean, you know I have a a summer home in in the Poconos that I go to when I want to be serene and on a lake. Of course I do. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Even though I'm going to have to get a job now, Bitcoin went crashed again. Shit. Yeah, you're you're not doing so well on that now. Luckily, I sold most of it to pay for my schooling. That was good. You invested in yourself in that case. Betting on myself. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with AEW Dynamite again. They got to do some work to kind of throw together this this triple threat match at the last time between Pac, Orange Cassidy, and... Kenny Omega, they got to do a little bit of work with Kenny, with John Moxley, Kingston, and the Young Bucks. It's some intensity, but nothing crazy. They did explain why Carl Anderson had a sour look on his face uh, on BT this past week. I didn't see that magic. Please enlighten me on it. He ate something that was really sour. And then, oh, that's a sour face. Oh, and I guess uh, Gallows is calling himself Dr. Dangly because his penis dangles. Wow, okay. Some magic that being the elite fans only know. I, I mean, as a society, I don't understand why we aren't thriving when such art is being bestowed upon us. I will say, though, Christopher Daniels did cut a very emotional and very good promo in the beginning, which is worth it, which is worth that. But uh, not really moving. Not, it's that, that's been kind of stale, too, to be honest with you, folks. So, so, but I'm really jazzed. SmackDown, you're going to see, obviously, Jimmy Uso have a confrontation, a speaking with the head of the table. I'm looking forward to that. And this is. do you think this is a beginning for a main event push for Jimmy Uso. Uh, main event? I'm not sure about that. I mean, maybe. I, I mean, he's definitely going to be in a match against Roman. Well, that's what I mean. Roman's gonna, basically yeah, be, yeah. You think it's going to be yeah. the same exact process of his brother? Yeah, yeah, that definitely. And he, and honestly, the the brilliance of 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 Roman's heel work here is the when he's winning, he's like doing this on his own almost. Well, this what that's what was good. This last one he did. Yeah. But he did it and, in kind of a heel way. He worked on a part of the body. I right, mean, right. Really well. It was almost Ric Flairish. Yep. Yeah, and that and that's what's like sort of cool. Like he, you know, he's man. He, he's just doing otherworldly work as a heel right now, and it's it's really great to see. And and really, what is going to happen is eventually somebody is going to evolve as a face. And that's going to capture America's attention when they start challenging Roma, Roman uh, legitimately. Do you think if there was a live crowd, Kevin Owens 
would have had a possibly beaten Roman. I mean, Kevin Owens, let's remember that Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns had a great program with the, yeah. with the handcuff not, not working with standing toward the end of the one match, but overall, yeah. very, very good heel. Good, very, very good feud. Um, and Kevin Owens alluded that he's going to go after the money in the bank and he's going to cash it in on Roman Reigns, which it was on smack. Mm. It's like going back to what we were saying earlier, again, Paul Heyman bringing match to, to smack to talking smack. He's done it with Kevin Owens. He's done it with Biggie. He's done it with even Apollo Cruz. Yep. So, so, all right. Well, anything else you're looking forward to just or out for SmackDown? How Sammy, you know, what Sammy Zayn kind of in the middle feuding with Owens and having some choice words with Apollo Crews as well. I kind of like when heels kind of go back and forth with each other. Yeah. You know what uh, I, I should ask you, actually? What is your feeling about the whole, like, uh, Rollins um, angle with Roman and the Usos and Cesaro? It's going to have to, well, I'm going to have to see how it plays out because it looks like Seth Rollins is still kind of a scumbag. Oh, yeah. And he's not, definitely heel, not, heel, not really so. much of a man with honor, but he also is a kind, he's also a guy with enough ego and delusions of grandeur where he can speak to Roman as an equal. And Roman's yeah. not going to hear that too long. No. And I'm wondering, I think fans will completely be on Roman's side because, again, Rollins is annoying. Yeah. I think they're not going to get like the effect that they desire on that man, because I think that they're, they're going to say, okay, Roman's a heel. Rollins is going to be sort of more of the face, if you will. But I don't, I don't think fans will care. I think Roman's going to have the support and then, you know what? Just roll with it. Who would have let thought him, that Rollins would have been the odd one out as the best one out of the shield at one point. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. You get Eddie Kingston a couple more matches with Moxley, though, it might be a little bit of a different story. <laughs> yeah, man. Keep on keep on hitching that wagon to that star, Moxley. Yo, why don't we go in their dressing room and start throwing around their clothes? We don't play that kind of shit here. Not with Mox. We ain't playing that. Here, look. Here, throw that hoodie on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> He's unhinged. That's not scripted violence. By the way, I did like the Don Callis thing. This is horrible. This is horrible what we're seeing. He's bleeding all over those nice shoes. That made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, Hey, in in regards to Rollins, I almost envision him, or let me put it this way too, with with Roman. He almost seems like sort of like a a crime boss to me at this point. And and he's then acknowledged that Roman has acknowledged that it's a mafia or type crime boss character he's going with. Wow, that's great. Okay, so and and honestly, with Rollins, it's almost like he's like the Joker or Riddler type that sort of lingers amongst the uh, the crime boss and is just waiting for his opportunity to go and strike. Yeah, a little bit of a, yeah. a loose cannon. Yeah, but he's annoying. He's totally annoying, man. There's an, I don't care what 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 his suits are. It's still not going to win me over. It's sort of, sort of like Dolph Ziggler's hats. The one glove, too. I mean, the yeah. outfits. Uh, I don't know, dude. Jesus. What is it? The SmackDown Savior? Is that his thing? I, I, don't, I don't even care anymore. I don't even, I'm not even sure. 
He, he's still great bell to bell, by the way. I'm not shitting. Yeah, him. yeah. But, oh, man. Yeah, he's not. He hasn't moved, done it for me. This whole thing hasn't moved. It made me dislike Rey Mysterio's kid even. I was like, I don't like anything about this whole thing. <laughs> Seth Rollins might benefit from becoming a masked mute wrestler. He sucks now. I just don't like I mean, it's just amazing. I also hate how he's so rah-rah about WWE and, again, treating us like we're stupid. You know, if it's a yeah. shitty show and we're miserable about it, oh, we're the best wrestling company in the world. No, you're not. You're a homer. And then you're treating me like I'm stupid. And that's my biggest thing with wrestling companies. If you treat me like I'm stupid, I'm going to dislike you for it. I'm going to resent you for it. And then I'm going to shit on things that make no sense. Like Charlotte Flair's outfit. Oh, my God. Charlotte Flair had a weird look to her on the pay-per-view, by the way. I don't know if you know you you heard about it. No, I didn't. She had a little bit more makeup than usual, but she had like a she had almost like a glazed look on, almost a la honestly, Alexa Bliss. It was almost she was like bending her head like this, looking very okay. un, unemotional. It was a huh. very weird situation. But Maybe we know this is tied into lily the doll it might be it was she she came out she just had a weird much different look about her she looked great but she had there was definitely something different so they hear that i hear tell there is going to be a program between alexa and charlotte it'll be interesting to see if you know they kind of bring charlotte into this Whatever, but I don't yeah. know if it's going to work. And, you know, because again, apparently Bray Wyatt's not going to be on TV for a while again. I have no idea what the hell's going on in that whole situation. Yeah, reports are there is no immediate plans for Bray Wyatt on WWE television. So there's that. For those of you who's saying that the Goldberg, <laughs> I, you know what? Let me go on this soapbox real quick. And I know we're getting late. But Jesus, remember when everyone, Bubba fucking Ray Dudley, hey, when Goldberg beat The Fiend in, within three minutes, and myself, you, and everyone in the mother said, this is the beginning and the end for The Fiend. That's what we said at the moment when it happened. Oh, he didn't get buried. He lost to Goldberg, and then he got up. He didn't get buried. No, he got buried. He got Done. They had a really good match with Cena. Oh, great job during a pandemic. Again, good stuff. But then what did you do to him? The Fiend, a guy who could have been your next Undertaker. Buried. And that Goldberg was the beginning of it. I don't give a shit what anyone tries to tell me. That was the beginning of it. And now the Fiend, WWE has something that can write itself and entertain you easily. And what do they do with it? Yep. 100%. So, yes, Goldberg. If, if, if you are still wondering if the Goldberg loss buried him, it did. Yep. It didn't help his career. And neither did the Randy Orton feud. Nope. And at the end of the day, neither did the Alexa Bliss thing now. Because of the way they handled I, that at the end. 
like why in the hell are they still continuing that that whole storyline with Alexa Bliss and spinning it off, giving her own like spin-off like character? She because you know what, honestly, she was the only watchable thing during that entire feud. Yeah. So they realize that and they read the they WWE can say they don't care about what the people say all they want. But it's like they kind of they pick and choose what the internet says. And Look, Alexa Bliss has been everything that they could have ever asked her to be in her career. You know, you're going on a decade and she has been, again, you take away the four horsewomen, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who's been, had a better career. And you could probably put her career up with everyone except for maybe Charlotte's because I think she has 27 championship reigns already. All right. Oh, I can't wait till her and her dad are crying when she breaks her dad's record. They better hurry. That's probably why they're hurrying up because Rick, I mean, come on. Wow. What? But but I'm gonna miss those commercials too. I'm I Tully Blanchard's my favorite horseman right now, so there's that. Wow. How quickly you jumped. What do you mean? I've been on the Tully Blanchard thing since he went off on Sean Spears a year and a half ago. About wearing Tully Blanchard's face on his dick. <laughs> that that happened. Oh man. I wish he would have said that. And you're going out there wearing my face on your dick. <laughs> Rick Flair would have never have done that. <laughs> Paul Roma, maybe. Oh, man. Imagine me going out with JJ's face on my dick. <laughs> Maybe Pat Patterson's face on my dick. Might have to edit that one out. <laughs> you think? <laughs> uh, oh, man. Well, this has been an outstanding episode or two. Not sure how we're going to edit it out. But <laughs> this has been your wrestling wrap-up with high spots and she pops. Vlad the Impaler, it was a pleasure, you beautiful man. Pleasure's all mine. We'll see you guys next week when we talk more about Roman Reigns and AEW and Raw and SmackDown and all the wonderful things that are happening in the world of professional wrestling. The billion-dollar guilty pleasure for you guys. Thank you so much for listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops. This is Silicon Steve Valley for Vlad the Impaler. See you guys next week. <laughs>